Hello and welcome everybody to DC Figures and Collectibles. I am Tyler G of Batman Figs on Instagram, and I am joined as always by my co-host all the way from Stokot Trent, England. And you can find him at the dot batfan on Instagram. His name is Scott P. How you doing, Scott? Hello. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world listening. And hello, Tal. Yeah, I'm doing good, thank you. How are you doing? I am doing splendid. It is bright and early. I just had some caffeine and I'm ready oh, to go. Sounds great. I'm not going to lie to you. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty pumped and excited to talk to you about a lot of the great shots you put up lately. That's very, very kind of you. Um, thank you. Yeah, it's... Um, you had some pretty cool shots from your last uh, weekend theme with Lewis from The Bat Collector. Yes, um, the last weekend theme was quite enjoyable, actually. It was um, a bit different, a bit of a challenge doing Lex Luthor pictures. And, um, yeah, kind of difficult because there's not many Luthor, um, Luthor figures out there. So hard to kind of, I don't know, mix it up as it were but uh yeah lewis did some amazing pictures absolutely amazing pictures that weekend theme the last picture that he did with the um forever evil luthor and the uh the icons figures they nah, fantastic picture anytime lewis brings out those icon figures are just brilliant you know he definitely has an affinity and a love for him i remember we were both crushed when they stopped doing that line yeah <laughs> but he, de he definitely really hated it, especially because with the Essentials line, they just started repeating the same characters. And we know what happened with that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you've been doing some great shots, and I've noticed you've even started doing a lot more with uh, tangible sets. What, are you, what is that like? Are you enjoying that more? Uh, yeah, definitely good fun. I've been doing more sort of outdoor pictures and actually uh... – yeah, cause of the, mainly because of the weather lately, it's been great. So I've been doing that and then also trying to mix it up um, a little more. So just, you know, although the animated photos are fun to take, it, it's kind of, you know, gets boring. So um decided to mix it up a little bit, which has been good fun. Very, very much so. And uh, there's yeah, one shot. There's one shot you did recently that is a uh, brilliant. And you did it behind the scenes, too, which was really cool uh, to see oh, how. Yeah. How you got the lighting and everything, and it's your Batman Beyond Mezco shot, and you even got the lighting to where you got uh, the individual little um, glossy like threading that goes around it to light up in some areas, so it looks very like techy. You did a really great job. I love it. Thank how you. Long did, how long did that take to do a setup? In uh, um, maybe about half an hour, I'd say, because um, so the 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 background in that picture is actually the inside of a computer. So, yeah, so I had to drag the, the PC um, tower from the from the computer. Then I had to turn it on because obviously I didn't want to have it working while I was dragging it out. I was never going to, that would never end well. So I did that, took the side of it off and then um, posed Batman on the top of um, a CD stack and stood him up in front of the, the red lighting that was in the computer and just put some... Uh, subtle soft red lighting on him just to give it a bit of a glow and um yeah that was pretty much it really i mean it was just um getting the angle and also um the part of the computer i wanted in the backdrop with it because that 
I, I can't remember how I got the idea to do it, but I, I think it was just from watching a Beyond episode, and it was really sort of. I think it was the Lost Soul episode, um, when Vance tries to take over the city, and I was like, "Well, I love that idea. I want to create something similar to that, where Batman's looking sort of like a computer terminal. That's what I decided to do with it." Yeah, you're behind the scenes shot. I was wondering what the heck that was, and that's that's, <laughs> that's cool to know it was a computer. Yeah, just literally a computer. I wanted to I wanted to actually stand him inside the computer, but I thought I was a little bit too risky. Might break it. <laughs> yeah, it might break either the figure or the computer. Either way, it's a it's a uh, a valuable process to replace either one of them or both. Yeah, especially that Batman. Yeah, he's um, he's cool. They're definitely doing some more pictures of him. Now, do you have any uh, any new figures on the way, or any new figures you purchased since the last time we talked? Yeah, so I um, I know last time we mentioned about the um, Dark Knight figures. So I've got the Batman Begins figure and also the Dark Knight 3.0 Mayfax one, and they're both just so freaking cool. Nice. Um, not going to be showing any pictures of them yet until we do a theme, which is going to be coming up not this weekend, next weekend, which we're both looking forward to doing. So. Um, Keep that um, then, but otherwise, not too much. Oh, actually, no, there is one more thing I bought um, on eBay. Um, so, people are fans of the Justice League animated series will know from the episodes um, in Blackest Night when they got the Manhunter robots. So, I brought five of those Manhunter robots, and I'm definitely be doing a big group picture of them in Green Lantern. Definitely. Hey, army building, yeah. I love them, Manhunters. There's so brilliant yeah definitely gonna do pictures of that but um that's pretty much it for me so how about you? you got some new plastic on the way uh not not any new plastic on the way i did uh, get a few new items recently new a couple of new figures as well as a couple of diorama sets that finally yes. came in and my my figures have been unconventional as of late like i got a new um a new Anakin Skywalker figure because it was it just looked awesome and I had to I get did it. see a picture of that it, was, it looks very cool figure yeah and I figured it, was, it it fit in with another new purchase and then I finally after hunting for a while found the the exclusive Captain America that a lot of people have been hunting after yes. and I it just it's one of my favorite parts of the movie it was fun seeing it in theaters and seeing people's reactions and. I knew it was a hard figure to find, so I, I, it was fun to be in on the chase. Where'd you I pick him up from? From Walmart. He's the only way. There's the only place you could get him. He's a Walmart exclusive. And right. what's funny is I've been going every day to look for him. And even I, I looked when I was out of town, even in LA, and I saw people like taking their phones, asking about it, and they're like, "No, we don't have it yet. Sorry." Yeah. But it was cool to finally see it, and uh, I was able to. Get, gift a few to some people too as a thank you for past things so it was it was a fun pickup it was a fun adrenaline rush i love the hunt especially when you find something in the store just yeah. a little bit more fun ordering is cool and waiting for the package is cool but just a little bit more of a thrill when you find it when you're not supposed to yeah you got it when you got it in your hand and yeah definitely agree with you on that. And you it can pick out the paint yeah and uh, yeah, other than those few, I didn't. I don't have any uh, new DC figures yet. I'm, I know that there's some coming up that we're going to talk about, but yes. I want to uh, 
talk about a little bit and get your opinion on uh, what you what you think about these ready sets. And I got two of them. One's called a space base. Yeah. And the other one is the urban 2.0, which is just like a basically like a city. So yeah. What do you think from what you've seen? They they look okay. They look okay. I mean, they're not anywhere near the unbelievableness of extreme sets. I think that I think um, that much is clear. But I can't like them. I think sometimes they get they have a little bit too much detail going on. And I'd like you know you know so sort of, for example, with extreme sets, you look at. I mean, perhaps it's an unfair comparison, but since it's the only thing similar we've got to it, I guess you kind of fall into that subconscious comparison. Um, so I, I think with extreme sets, they, they're clean, but they put subtle details in, uh, whereas I think with ready sets, they kind of pack in so much detail, which is great, but um, sometimes it can be difficult to to get all that across in the shop. But I, I do really like some of the setups that you've done with it, particularly um, the one with Catwoman that you did. I like that picture. That was really, really cool. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I gotta say, I after getting them, I'm a lot more impressed than um, than I thought I would be, and it's be one because I can't believe how big they are. Yeah, and there's uh, I would say there's probably about seven or eight different setups in just one one set that you could do, and plus countless different angles and different mm-hmm. things like. that which I think is good for playability and you get your money worth out of it as well to have that many different sets and uh, dial pieces in one thing. And another thing though, since you, you brought it up and it, it is its main uh, comparison slash competitor, I would say to go in pros and cons with those two, a con of extreme sets is definitely that once you build something or you fold the, those pieces into a, into the dial set, especially if you have the subway one and you do the stairs or especially with the new, uh, their like uh, spaceport yeah. and all the full yeah. and everything that's basically going to stay that way. I mean, you can disassemble it, but no one's really going to, mm. and it tends to take up a lot of space. And if you're already limited on space, that could be a hassle. However, these ready sets, they they literally fold up, and I I compare it to uh, like the sun visor that people put on their cars to protect it from the sun. Mm. Just folds up, lickety split, and you can put it away back in the box or take it back out within an instant. Have everything back up. So I think that's ingenious, ingenious, and uh, I think that the one thing that uh, they need to they need to kind of fix is take a little bit more gloss off their the next set that they do yes i did forget to mention that that was the only other thing i was going to say sometimes the shine is a little bit too glary but i gotta say you did a good job of keeping the glare down yeah it take it it takes the it takes the it'd be like doing off of a screen basically yeah. like if you're doing you have to do the lighting correct and uh that's the one thing is if you don't like to take that kind of time to like do lighting stuff, I guess that could be a drawback. But other than that, you could work around it. But I, I, I really do like how much 
they they uh, give you in terms of dio sets and different little rooms and compartments. That's a plus. So you definitely get your money on that. And they do feel durable. That's a really thick uh, cardboard. And I don't think that you have to worry about wear and tear breaking down uh, very easily. And like I said, if you fold it up, put it back in the box, there's definitely no shot it's going to get damaged at all very easily. And uh, yeah, I feel like as you look at it, you just continue to discover more little things you can use for it as well. And if you already have like uh, extreme sets or uh, the NECA street dial, I've done a few different shots where I combine them. And I mean, I think that's fun as well. It just adds on to it. Yes. I was going to ask you about the NECA street set, actually. Um, how are you finding it? Oh, I think it's, I, I think it's a, a, a brilliant thing. I think that the fact that they made something that cool and uh, that, versatile that you could yeah. get a lot of use out as well and you could even like our previous guest nate figure fan nate said you could disassemble it and use it for different things you could create an alley you could use the you could use the roof or the sidewalk to create different things so i i'm really really liking it and mm. i'm happy that i i do feel like it's it's worth the the money that it's that it's up for sale for i i think that like i think we talked about before if you if you uh commission a dio guy to make you a piece it's gonna get up there it's gonna be easily around 200 bucks from the get-go yeah and this is 100 bucks a little bit more with tax and shipping and you got a piece that you could i'm using it to display figures right now too so yeah. it actually yeah frees up space from where I put my new computer and I'm able to use that as a, a showcase. And when I want to use it as a photo, just take them off, look at these split, boom. Yeah. So I do, yeah. I do really enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. It looks fantastic. And um, my favorite picture that I've seen certainly this week that you've taken of it is that one with um, the moon of the wolf picture. I actually really enjoyed that. So making it look like the GCPD. You did like it? I really enjoyed that picture. Yeah, I thought that was fantastic. Oh man, that that picture, no one would know that that picture took a, probably a good 45 to an hour <laughs> just just for that little moon of the wolf part to be put on top of that case no file way. thing. No yeah, because uh if you look at it, it's a PNG that you could just get online and you know that if you put any picture like as you do it with bat cave shots or you yes. put it on the thing, if you don't have a direct angle, it's just going to look odd, correct? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So my my cousin, he's at Venomous, and he is a Star Wars guy, and he sells shirts and does all these designs and stuff. He he gifted me a computer that I guess uh, it was, he wasn't had no use for, and he wanted just to be nice and see if I could be, use it. And I said, sure, if that's what you want to do. And not only that, but he gave me a lesson – a lesson or two over the Instagram FaceTime on how to, how to start using this. Cause if you look at it, Scott, this is like, like a Photoshop thing. What he had me download was this program called GIMP yeah. and holy crap. It's like taking a college course <laughs> and it's literally anything you could think of, you could do on this program. So that PNG that was normally would look flat if you put it on a, 
on an image, I was able to manipulate that to change the perspective even to make it look like it's naturally on there. Mm, that's brilliant. Yeah, but I can't even believe like it, literally anything that you could think of, you could do on this program. And it's, I couldn't even imagine being the guy that had to write the program and <laughs> like put it all in. It's like, holy crap. Yeah. So that's the my next biggest venture is I'm going to try to learn how to be better at manipulating and doing photos on Photoshop when the time or when I feel like it, because I'm not going to just do go all digital <laughs> ever. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely a tool to have in your belt. And I think that it was definitely fun. And I think that we could also use it to, because you could do videos and stuff. And hopefully we could, now that I have a computer, we could start doing uh, YouTube one, parts of our podcast hopefully make it visual yes yeah. sometime down in the, in the near future definitely and now i could actually edit the videos as well so that's a plus so i want to yeah get a huge thank you to my cousin eli at venomous because that was a huge gift and yeah he actually the take the for part i think is the biggest gift the fact that he took time out to try to, to tutor me and give me some help because gosh otherwise it's like stepping into a a world you don't know anything about. Mm. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, for all the shots that you've done this week, then my favourite one that you did, um, batch quite some way, is the Batman Begins one. With, um, with Bruce sort of in the cave. and oh, I just love that water effect that you put on it. Oh, that one, that was actually done in a bathtub. Oh, it looks amazing. Yeah, I have him stood up on a on a trash can, like a a clean or well, a plastic trash can because I didn't want to put anything in there and damage. And I had to like line it up and have the shower and the lighting hit so I would hopefully get the water with. And because I don't have a high speed or high lens, it's just a camera phone, so I had to hopefully get it. But yeah, thank you. It's like, I'm glad it worked out. No, it looks fantastic. I really, really like that picture a lot. Thank you. I think it's just hilarious to know it's in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other than that, uh, I've just been cruising on through the uh, Batman animated series picks. Like you said, the last one was the Moon of the Wolf. And then today's is today's is going to be Day of the Samurai. That's going to be a tricky one. Yeah, I'm already dreading it. So. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that is going to be, going to be quite, a difficult, uh, quite a difficult episode. Not looking forward to it at all. But uh, I'm sure I, I'll, I'll think of something, hopefully. <laughs> Find a volcano just laying around. And it's hard to even get like a, a stand-in figure for uh, Kyodaken. Yeah. But I mean, we, we, we've got that episode not not all that far away for us as well, which is going to be tricky. Well. Yeah, that's the part that's that's rough too. Is about ten episodes away, maybe. Yeah, I'll have to come up with another one pretty soon. But then uh, there's this, this discussion we want to talk about today, right? Yeah, this is quite. Um, this is going to be quite an interesting one. So, um, so uh, we're thinking the other day. So figures that we've got I was thinking in terms of favourites so we're, we're a big fan of the animated line which is not a particularly I mean it's a fairly but not particularly articulated sort of line 
and then recently we've got the new figures and the articulation on them is amazing and also the sculptors so I was interested sometimes if people think that articulation hinders the sort of aesthetics of the figure and if some sometimes like the DC icons line sometimes those figures can be so articulated that it takes away from this sort of the look of the figure but then equally it can work the other way around because you can pose them in all sorts of positions and for us we can make the you know the figures come to life almost with pictures so I was interested um, in what you think of sort of the articulation versus aesthetics sort of debate and what you prefer from a figure and why if you would have asked me two or three years ago i would have said oh it's all about articulation it's gotta like yeah you gotta have articulation to make the most natural looking pose and that sort of thing however and especially because of the Batman Animated Series line, I feel like it's not that as big of a deal as I initially used to think. Mm. And I think also if it, if you know how to work a good angle or the right lighting, anything like that, I feel like uh, that could just itself transform a figure and make a figure look like it's more articulated than it is or give it a more natural look or a more natural pose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is definitely difficult, isn't it, to, to kind of choose sometimes. Cause we, so if you take somebody like Ahsoka, for example, he's got so many sort of old school DC Direct, um, you know, DC Universe classics from Mattel and all these amazing figures that have got little to no articulation and they look amazing because they're just, they're so focused on sculpts. And the same goes for like the old original Arkham. Batman figures, which I'm a big fan of as well, and they don't have much in the way of articulation, but no matter what pose you get them into, although limited, they look amazing. Yeah, and with that, the one thing that I feel like is with those figures are certain little things like with our head articulation, if you have a DC Direct. Yeah. Uh, I think like that would be important, because if you just had a figure that looks side to side, it just kind of looks stiff, but if it was a ball joint, you can make little head movements. Yeah, that can make that can make all the difference with a figure like that. Definitely. So if you are, I think that if you are a figure that is like maybe twelve points of articulation or something like that, you have to have certain things that that are like a head movement that can give side to side and tilt. Otherwise, it just looks really stiff. But yeah, uh, I can't. I. I know that there's uh there are basically statue figures that the old DC Direct ones that maybe have like four or five points of articulation. Yeah. But they do look brilliant. Yeah. So I mean, a figure like um, the Asylum Bane, for example, he's one of the most unbelievably brilliant figures, looks wise that um, you can get. But his his articulation is pretty awful to be honest you can only really move his arms and move his waist and that's about it but that figure is still great because he just looks so good yeah and also i mean that one it fits into the line well and it's just that you have a affinity for it and a certain thing plus with that one i think you can get the basically look that he has the way he's posed yeah uh, in in the actual game i think that also plays a a big factor in it too is 
if you make a figure and it's going to be limited articulation, you better make it look exactly like what the person's buying it from. Like if it's from a movie, a game, a show. Mm. Yeah. So I feel like I more. you got to have that. You got to have that trade off if you're going to go low articulation. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think sometimes it, it, the articulation, sometimes people go overboard on it and it can hinder quality. So what Mafex, for example, sometimes have QC issues and um, Mezco as well, to be fair. Mezco's like, because you've had it with Catwoman as well. <laughs> Mezco very famously. So, you know, I think sometimes it can, you know, hinder um, the quality of the figure and you'd rather sometimes a little bit less articulation so that it can sort of, I don't know, they can focus more on the sculpts than it'll overall be a better figure. So, um, and also I think it's very character dependent. So if you've got, I don't know, for example, if you've got a Ben Affleck Batman, you're going to want some articulation with him because he's, he's such an all action character, you know, with the, the warehouse scene and things like that. But then if you've got a Keaton Batman figure, he's more about subtleties, more about stance, True. Um, so it, it depends on on what kind of character it is as well, I guess. Um, and with Batman the animated series figures as well, they they're more about sort of aesthetics. Those figures because you know it's an animated series. There's less sort of I don't know less sort of action packs, ridiculous articulated stuff going on. You can build scenes more with these kind of figures. So. Um, not that that hasn't stopped them developing articulation, which is great. And, re- and like the new figures look amazingly articulated without sort of showing off all these horrible joints and making it, you know, less smooth. <laughs> now, do you mind inconsistency of articulation in a line? Um, because with the Batman animated series, you would have like the first one was New Batman Adventures, and he had ankle yeah. pivot and all this, and then with the Two Face. You could barely move the ankle side to side without it breaking, and it just a little bit, it just limited articulation than the previous. Good question. And with the beginning of uh, the line, there were a lot of inconsistencies, and you never knew yeah. which one was going to have an ankle pivot. And even when we got the newest ones, we weren't sure. Yeah. So, what do you feel about inconsistency? And do you feel like that could uh, get people angry if they are putting their money toward a line thinking they're getting one? one style of articulation and then they mix it up what do you think about that it's a good point actually that is yeah so i think that the inconsistency is okay so long as it's a consistent improvement so if you look at a line and think okay there's so many different figures with loads of different articulation but when you put them in order they slowly get better whereas the animated line hasn't done that so they started off with um batman and mr freeze that had the ankle pivot and then they took it away for some reason i mean two-faced didn't but i get you know, why he's got such thin feet, they can't really make yeah. it happen. So I, I kind of understand that. That's very much a character-based decision. Um, but when you look at, so, the, like the Justice League line, for example, they've got Batman and Martian Manhunter that have got pivots on their, their ankles. But then you've got characters like Superman, Green Lantern, um, Wonder Woman, although I kind of understand Wonder Woman a little bit, and Flash. Why they why they don't have ankle pivots? I don't I don't understand that. I, I genuinely especially flash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I really don't understand that, and um, it kind of baffles me a little bit as to why they've done that. And also when they go backwards with 
the quality of the joints as well. They've been doing it long enough now to make a figure stand up. Um, we've both had Superman <laughs> figures. If it was a one-off, then fair enough. We could kind of say that's that's how it goes sometimes. But Superman, um, we just will not stand up for either of us. Um, not unless you've got to pledge floor gloss, which is brilliant. Use that on his um, hips to make him sturdy again. But I, I just don't yeah. understand it. It's very strange that they would go backwards like that. It It, it just doesn't make too much sense but I'm glad they have kindly realised now I mean inconsistencies in line in lines really would pee me off to a, a certain point yeah definitely but say, especially I even know like Mattel will even do it sometimes there'll be inconsistencies in, yeah. in the articulation so who knows it's like you mentioned the joint on Shazam's chest as well didn't you how it completely turns and pivots and everything which they used to do on figures, but then they stopped it, and then they now brought it back. It's very strange that they would would do that. Why? Why not just keep it? And why never give that to a Batman figure? Yes, yeah, exactly. Really, really strange decisions that they've they've got there. And Mezco kind of started off with all this amazing articulation, and then they started focusing more on sculptors like Aquaman and. Uh, Wonder Woman characters like that, and now they seem to have gone back the other way again with the newer releases where they've got all this amazing articulation. So it's a little bit strange from that as well. I think the only line that has genuinely improved all the way through it is the Arkham line. I think I think that's the only line that has started from the bottom and worked its way up in terms of sculpts and articulation. That's definitely true. Because um, the, you know their recent. All of sort of last figures in that line were amazing. Sort of like the the Arkham Knight Battle Damage Batman and the uh, the Red Hood GameStop figures. They were two of the last releases, and they were just the pinnacle of what you could get out of Arkham Batman figures. They were just absolutely outstanding, and um, they kept that same beautiful sculpt whilst improving on the articulation. And you know, I think they did a great job with that line. And the animated line would be. Um, it would be insane if they had kept on improving all the way through it rather than sort of stepping backwards for some figures and then moving forward again. Really, it's kind of strange. Yeah, I wish they would just pick one. <laughs> <laughs> pick one and stick with it. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I don't think, to me, articulation doesn't matter anymore. If I want a figure, I'm just going to get it. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I'm not going to lie. I think as long as it looks great and you can kind of pose it a little bit, then... It's perfect. And then, uh, but I'll never get into statues. Statues is hard, isn't it? And it's going to be a really outstanding statue to to tempt. I mean, the the only statue I've ever seen that looks really good and really do like is that new um, Greg Capullo, Scott Schneider, um, Batman with the little baby dark side. I think that looks... <laughs> I just love that statue so much. It looks amazing. Um, if it comes on in price at some point in the future, then I may may well get it. But otherwise, it's just too much money for something that doesn't really move all that much. And if it's not unique either. No. But in terms of figures, we did get a message from uh, a guest that was on last week, Nate, the figure fan Nate, and he wanted to let us know that the Lobo wave, if you're still looking for it, 
that he just got an email from Big Bad Toy Store and they have they'll be having it in stock soon again. So oh, nice. you haven't been able to find it at your stores, which who has? You're lucky <laughs> if you have. Then definitely check out Big Bad Toy Store and get it while you can because Mattel is winding down. Only a few more waves Sorry, left. So, so get it while you can. Yeah, it is genuinely very sad that they're going to be uh, leaving us quite soon because they've got some cool releases coming up as well. So Especially cool. with, yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, Ahsoka showing off the new Ninja Batman wave and that looks so good. Yeah, it does. Just like, dang it. I wish I had just had them sending me the figures. I didn't want to have to hunt for them. Yeah, Starfire <laughs> and Beast Boy looks so cool. They definitely are standouts. The Ninja Batman actually is more impressive than I thought it would look. For Mattel. It does look really cool, actually. Actually, really, I'm impressed by it. Sort of, you know, the the figure arts one looks good, but I don't think that's too far behind in, in looks. I think it looks fantastic. I'm really, really hyped and looking forward to when they show the uh, any images of the Batman 80th anniversary wave. Oh, I can't wait for that. I hope they've got all the cool articulation on there as well. Yeah, yeah Alfred better be, better be able to break dance. <laughs> oh, brilliant no, I'm, I'm really hoping for some good things well, on that line it looks fantastic are you uh, ready to do a review for today's episode absolutely yeah let's let's get into it it's a uh, awesome episode that we've got that we've got for everybody listening today it's so cool yes it is fear of victory right yes absolutely what an episode yeah. it is what comes to mind when you first think of this episode? Um, well, we mentioned it a couple of podcasts ago, but I do now feel like that we're really starting to get into the uh, the middle of the BTS sandwich, and we're getting into the really amazing part of the series where every episode is just an absolute killer. Um, so we've had Joker's Favor, Vendetta, and now Fear of Victory. And this episode... Um, this episode, one of the sort of the uh, the later episodes I first came to watch, but I really enjoyed it because we finally get to see the return of Robin after twenty three long episodes. He finally comes back, and we get to see some more um, some more from him, which is pretty cool. And uh, I really love the title card and also the return of the the theme from for, for Scarecrow, which we didn't see since yes. the first episode, which is nothing. To I'm glad you about. mentioned that. It's just so good, isn't it? That tune for Scarecrow. Yeah, it's very light and airy, but haunting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I wish uh, I hope that you guys all know what we're talking about. If you haven't, definitely go listen to the yeah, you just YouTube it. Scarecrow theme. Batman the Animated Series will pop up. Yeah, uh, everybody knows the Two Face and the Joker, and obviously the Batman theme, but the Scarecrow theme is just so good. Yeah, and it's it's underrated really is and also this is the first time we get to see his proper design in this episode as well yes the one that we we see fully and realized in the newest dc collectibles figure yes definitely and the, what i first think of when i when i think of this episode is i this is i remember seeing this quite early on in fact this is probably the the most seen episode where i've seen robin and like this is easily the one i've watched the most and for some reason, it was always on when I caught it, and um, it's a, I always loved it because it had sports involved as well, and I thought it was funny the 
the scarecrow's plot is just pretty funny. But uh, you got you always got to love a scarecrow episode because the hallucination parts are always amazing, just like in the Arkham series. And yeah, they never make it boring with Scarecrow either, do they? There's always a different way he attacks a situation. It's not just purely going up to Batman and scaring him. Yeah, it's always just gassing him in the face. Yeah, directly. there's always a different way they do it. And the Arkham series is the same. They, they always found a way to mix it up because it'd be easy to fall into that predictable sort of trap. But they, they always mix it up with Scarecrow, which is great. Oh, yeah, especially when you thought he could never get scarier and they added that glove of needles. Oh, yeah. Just, That's just brilliant. Okay, so its original air date was September 29th, 1992. It was the 24th, 24th episode produced and the 19th the show. And we start off, we are in Gotham University where we see Dick Grayson and his roommate who is the star athletic quarterback. His name is Brian Rogers. And they are catching up on the sports news of the day, chilling in the dorm, and they're watching a, a report about Brian because he is the pride of Gotham uh, athletically. He's their hero, and he, they want him to be drafted by the Gotham home team. And so, and you know, Brian's a little talking about how he's nervous because there's going to be a lot of scouts at the next game. Yeah. And, and Dick's just, you know, being a good bud. Tell my, ah, there's nothing to worry about. You got this. And then they notice that the TV, the stories change, and they're kind of like, oh, what's this? And there's a series of bizarre uh, things going on, and they're trying, they're acting like they're bloopers, but they're actually quite odd to see. And they're showing some of the top athletes uh, in their day uh, having panic attacks and uh, just doing weird, odd things, running, yelling, screaming. And then there's a knock on the door of a very strange-looking yet familiar uh, telegram guy, and he gives he gives Brian a postcards or notes, and he opens it and just has a little a little uh, I don't know riddle poem. Only a fool knows no fear. Yeah, and they both agree that it's odd or strange, and then uh. The day of the big game comes, and Gotham University is down 24 to 3. And the quarterback, Brian, is he's not looking himself. He's not, he's not his normal dominant, going to win the game all by himself. Kind of, you know, he's off. Yeah. The game, the game stopped because they could see that something's happening. He's having a panic attack. And is then Dick Grayson just straight up jumps out of the stands, which he'd get arrested if that was actually real life. <laughs> to the ground by men in Boston jackets. Yeah, he just gets get tackled real quick. And then uh, he runs over to his buddy, and you can see that he's just rambling on, just not knowing what's going on still. He looks like he's in a daze. And the doctors take Brian to the, the hospital, and his roommate's left looking puzzled. Mm. what says you so yeah definitely I think that first act of the episode is is pretty cool we've already sort of established there's a spate of um, sort of sport fixing going on you kind of know something's not right with that um, and also <laughs> I, you know I'm 90% sure we all know it's the scarecrow that's, yeah. <laughs> that's um, going to be uh, behind all these things but um, 
we next go to a scene with uh, with Batman and Robin, sort of in the Batmobile, you know, doing the usual patrols. And um, they see a robbery high up on one of the tall, many tall buildings of Gotham. And uh, yeah, Batman's catch uh, catches the um, the glint of the diamond in the road, doesn't he? Sees and jumps out of the Batmobile. Grapples straight up there. Robin follows suit, and uh, as they're up there, Robin suddenly has like a, a sort of panic attack. He's he's scared of the heights. He's worried about falling, and Batman has to kind of comfort him and um, take out the thugs for him. Nearly gets killed in the process with these great big gargoyles that they're sort of ripping off the, the building and chucking down on them <laughs> as they're. Because they're getting uh, attacked by them, but Batman manages to take out the thugs by tying them to it and pulling the <laughs> uh, gargoyle over, which is quite funny. Um, as they get back down, you know, Batman's uh, sort of, what, you know, what's going on? And Robin's completely sort of panicked and in a, uh, a worried state. Very frightened. Yeah, he is. He's a he's a scared man, Robin. <laughs> and it's cool to see the visuals that they have on this where he's seeing yeah yeah it is there's lots of color involved in it as well signs to get more sort of colorful in this series as it as it sort of evolves which is pretty cool whereas you look at that on the wings where it's all dark and and very sort of closed off gotham but now you're starting to see more sort of skyscrapers big buildings and which is pretty cool very cool it's uh, but it's not Joel Schumacher, right? Oh, good grief, no! <laughs> no. So actually, we are watching through those movies. I'll talk about that a little bit more later. But yeah, definitely agree with you on that. And then where do we go from there? Okay, so after that, we uh, go back to Batman and Robin doing a bit of investigating. Which I always love these scenes where you've got Bruce and Robin and uh, sorry, Bruce and Dick investigating the. Uh, investigating the case rather than just going out and fighting together which is quite cool I think they use it quite well in this episode so they go back to um, um, Dick Grayson and um, Brian Rogers' dorm room where they're sort of looking around and they find the telegram and Robin's like oh yeah the screwy telegram and um, they have a look at it and as Batman picks it up he notices the sort of like a, a yellowy orange powder that he gets on his gloves and Robin looks at it as well and notices it. So they uh, they certainly decide it's the telegram that has been the uh, the source of all their problems in this case. So they go back to the Batcave and do a little experiment with some animals. So they, they put a cat in this box and um, expose the cat to the powder and at first nothing happens. So they put a mouse in there and as soon as the cat tries to attack the mouse, he then gets terrified. The cat sort of whimpers in the corner. The mouse is just you know, looking at him like, what the hell are you doing? And um, Batman's like, yeah, it's exposed through the skin and the the, the sort of source of the, the fear-inducing chemo- uh, chemical is activated by adrenaline. You know, as soon as anybody starts to get sort of pumped and excited about something, that's it. And the fear toxin just takes over and completely sort of paralyzes you which is um pretty fascinating and, and quite cool to see how they're just incorporating a bit of science into this episode educating 
educating the kids watching. <laughs> Definitely. It's also just a really cool scene to see them doing uh, actually detective work and, and test. Yeah, I love seeing that scenes like that. It's not because it's straight up fight. They're going to do a little bit of investigating and figure out a way to, you know, confirm if it's Scarecrow or not, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and then the next scene is one of my favorite scenes from this whole episode. And that's when, after after knowing that the chemical source, like you said, and realizing that there's only one dude that that specializes in this sort of matter, mm. they realize that they have to go to Arkham Asylum where they know Scarecrow is uh, put away. So yeah. they they want to see maybe he knows something, maybe he's working with someone. Is he even there? And so. They go to Arkham and they talk to. They see a guard that just uh, give, who just gave food to Scarecrow, and they they want to go see him. He's like, "No, you can't go see him." And then uh, uh, we also see that he throws the trash away in the in a trash can. Yeah. And then Batman, you know, he even he asks him about it, and he of course said, doesn't say anything. And then he insists to go see Scarecrow, even though the guy lets him know he's already there. So Batman just walks by because what's he going to do to Batman? Yeah. And we get a cool scene where Batman's walking through the cells of the major rogues. We see Joker. We see Two-Face. We see Poison Ivy. And then once we get to Scarecrow's cell, we just see his back, and it looks like he's in a rocking chair. And uh, Batman opens up and starts at, trying to talk to him. He's getting no response. And then he slowly walks up to him and removes his hat, and we see that it's just a body double with like a mechanical thing going to make it look like he's rocking his chair. Yeah. And then we get a, a beautifully timed laugh from the Joker yeah. as as the real realization hits that Scarecrow is loose and wreaking wrecking havoc on Gotham. Yes. And that this scene is just such a shameless show of all the the um, criminals and the music as well that they use they even use that for those appropriate characters yeah and that's I mean it's not many times you get a, a scene like that yeah so you gotta love it definitely Batman and Robin just walking through Arkham with the prisons the prisoners <laughs> uh, but then after that we uh, we see the weird guy that we saw giving a telegram to Dick and his roommate, and he is at a a bookie or a place to collect your winnings, and he's uh, talking to Leon. That's the name of the bookie, and uh, he's getting his money. And then after the guy pays him his twenty eight thousand, which I'm sure he hated doing, he asks one of his thugs to figure out why this guy's winning and how he's a uh, able to know what's going on. And so this poor thug, he starts following uh, Dr. Crane to his little hideout or lair. And he still has no idea who he even is. And he uh, ends up, he ends up confronting him and realizing soon that that was a bad move because Scarecrow just puts a toxin on him and probably we don't know what happens to him from there, but we realize that Scarecrow means business from now on. And that we also realize his plot is to actually just fix games so that he could just make buku bucks so yeah. they can make more yeah. chemicals. 
I love in that scene when he collects the money and he's just like, I make my own look. Like, just yeah. a sort of subtle hint at what's, what he's doing, which is just... Also, uh, maybe another reference Christopher Nolan took. Yeah. <laughs> I make my own. And then, where do we go from there, Scott? Okay, so after that, we, um, we cut to a scene where... Uh, Batman is being called in by Gordon to have a look at the GCPD infirmary and he goes in there and has a, a look at the thug who's just sitting cowering underneath the bed terrified um, and really sort of scared of, of what uh, is to come from the scarecrow. He's very uh, very afraid. So we then next see uh, Robin who is trying to fight his fears in the Batcave so he's sort of walking along this thin rock and he's completely terrified of uh, the view below and he starts to fall off but luckily Batman's there to grab him and um, he then explains that you know we, we're going to pay a visit to uh, Mitch Knoll who was a quarterback for the Gotham Knights and he's uh, going to be playing tonight you know, they're favourites because of him and he reckons that they're going to see a a, a um, another attack from the Scarecrow and uh, as per the usual Batman is always right. <laughs> and uh, as they arrive at Gotham Stadium, which is pretty cool because they actually kept a, a very similar design for Gotham Stadium all the way through to the uh, Secret Society episode in Justice League. It's the very same stadium that we're at in this uh, episode and the design of it's virtually identical, which is something I absolutely love about the DCAU. Just keep the, the continuity is brilliant. That is a cool little fact. Yeah, they just keep everything so close to uh, how it originally looks, which is amazing. So um, Robin spots out the Scarecrow with uh, binoculars, well, Scarecrow in disguise, and but unfortunately Scarecrow spots him. So rather than deliver a telegram this time, he sends somebody in to deliver a false telegram um, to, uh, to Mitch Knoll. And Batman sort of grabs the guy who's delivering it and it's like, oh, damn, it's not, it's not the right person. And then Robin managed to follow Scarecrow through to uh, the dressing room. And as he comes out, he sort of walks by and Robin hides in some coats. Um, and as Robin goes into the dressing room, he notices that his helmet's been messed with, his hat that he's going to be wearing um, for the game. So, yeah, Robin quickly corrects that and... Um, which is quite cool. I think it's in pretty clever of them to switch it up because it would have been easy for Scarecrow to get caught by Batman there, which is quite cool. Definitely. Um, but yeah, the next scene is the the sort of final act in the episode when Scarecrow's high up on the balcony in the stadium, which I always found was a really cool perspective. Yeah. Is it, I want to know how he got up there. <laughs> Without being seen. Yeah, just lurking, looking down, and he's he's very upset, correct? Yeah, he is. Yes, not happy. He thought he uh, poisoned the quarterback enough to take out a pachyderm. Is that what he says? Yeah, uh, yeah. He's like, there's not there's a panic of pachyderm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he thought he just, that he was uh, that he was just doing his thing. He's still gonna make some money, have a good night, but due to Robin. Doing the little switcheroo, he's a little pissed off, and Batman, he he's right there lurking in the corner, and he uh, says, 
basically not tonight. And Scarecrow pulls out an extra vial that he has and basically says that, you know, he's going to keep doing this and he's going to use the, the powder he brought as a, basically a distraction for Batman. So he's able to get away. Yeah. And he drops it, but he thinks he dropped it onto the field and he dropped it only onto another uh, catwalk area. So Batman drops down really quick, trying to get it. And Batman spots that he's a Robin spots that Batman's uh, in a tough spot with, with Scarecrow. So he's kind of panicked and it looks like he's almost frozen, not knowing really what to do, if he should start helping or just watch, but it looks like he mentally over like, okay, I'm going to start helping. We see him start climbing. Yeah. Then we're taking, we're taking back to the struggle with Batman and uh, Scarecrow. Batman's about to uh, get the, get the vial of fear toxin. Scarecrow jumps down onto him, knocking the vial almost to the edge. Batman throws him to the other side of the, of the catwalk completely. But then Scarecrow grabs a box of light bulbs and throws in one of them. Uh, one of them hits the vial and it starts to teeter and it falls off right when we get a cool play-by-play by the announcer. He's like, oh, no, it's a fumble. And yeah, then we Robin shoot his grapple hook and uh, go to swing. And the guy's like, oh, my, but what's this? And then we see Robin catch it as he just has a, complete frightened look on his face but he gets to the other side lands safely and he's triumphant and full of joy that he was able to overcome batman finally gets a hold of scarecrow and uh we see that all's well that ends well as we even see that uh dick's roommate he did indeed get drafted by the home team so he's making money and uh, he's able to help his family out, like he says at the very beginning of the episode. Yeah. And we even see Bruce get a little joke in uh, at Dick's expense, saying that uh, he should send his roommate a telegram to congratulate him, <laughs> give him a little, uh, give him a little bat smirk at the end. Oh, yeah, got to love the bat smirk. <laughs> so, what do you think, Scott? When where do you rank this episode? Um, I jumped because it's the return of Robin. It's got the Scarecrow, and who's probably like one of my favorite villains. I'm gonna give this eight and a half out of ten. Really love this episode a lot. I think it's fantastic. Nice. Love the investigations together that um, Bruce and Dick have to go through. And uh, yeah, the only, the only reason it doesn't get a nine is because there's no Alfred. So that is weird that he's not. <laughs> Well, no, in all seriousness, yeah. it's a great episode and really love it. What do you rank it? I was going to go eight. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just, uh, probably just because I saw it a ton growing up, so I kind of got over it. When I was like, yeah. I want to see a different episode. But, yeah, I can control that back then. But I still, watching it back, I love it, especially just for the, the memories now, looking back how many times I've watched it. And also, just as you watch, like we all know, growing up, you always notice different things, and uh, the story is just a little makes a little bit more sense now. <laughs> yeah, it's actually quite funny that Scarecrow didn't—he was scared and didn't even want to have uh, direct <laughs> confrontations with Batman anymore. He was just trying to do it secretly through bookies. Uh, and stuff. It's actually true, that is. <laughs> so he, he was his own state of fear, he trying not to get caught. But it's a, it's a fun episode. It's nothing crazy deep. It's just a really good Batman and Scarecrow Robin story. It is, yeah, definitely. I also love the part, we didn't mention it, but I love the part where 
Robin is a, uh, he's downtrodden in the back cave and he's uh, attempting to do a balance. And mm. he's just, uh, he's himself, he's upset because he said, you know, I used, I was born on a highway. I was able to do this, you know, in my sleep. Yeah. And I feel like I'm of no use anymore. And yeah. Batman instead of like, yeah, you know what? You're sick, stay home. He like comforts them, gives them a, a little pep talk. And that's just a side of Batman that we usually don't see it. And it's cool to see their dynamic because usually uh, in comics and even in Batman animated series, they they like to show the friction between Batman and Dick it's, instead of uh, the fact that they're probably the dynamic duo, the best. Yeah, it's nice to see a Batman that is kind to his sidekick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I mean, dude, it is such a, a cool episode. I think um, definitely made some great points there as well, but. Um, yeah, love any Scarecrow episode. We've got a few coming up as well, which is great. Yeah, even the finale of the first, well, technically the first is yeah, dream, the Dreams in Darkness of Scarecrow. Dreams in Darkness, one episode. And I also love that they tend to with Scarecrow episodes have more, like a lot of the rogues involved. They do, yeah, yeah. They definitely do. There's a couple in there, and then there's virtually the whole gallery in Dreams in Darkness, and, which is definitely. great. So we we have a lot to look forward to. And the best part is, is we have a figure that we can take pictures of that matches. Absolutely. That's, that is the best <laughs> part. And it's an accurate figure to this episode as well. Yeah. If only we got the, hopefully they'll do an expression pack for Scarecrow. Oh, that'd be cool. There's so many that they could make. So many. Now, we didn't mention it yet, but we want to do it now because it is upon us. What is your weekend theme this week? Okay, so oh, this weekend theme is going to be uh, a fun one, unless you're Superman. Um, <laughs> this weekend we're going to be doing a theme which is all about the death of Superman. And um, Lewis and I will be dedicating our posts. So you can check him out. He's at the Bat Collector on Instagram. He's an amazing guy, great friend, and uh, really looking forward to this one. Yeah, and he, uh, there's a lot you, know, you can get creative with on this one, actually. There is, definitely, yeah. Um, I have to, even though it's the death of Superman weekend, I haven't actually done a picture in Doomsday in, in any of the pictures, so it's going to be uh, it's gonna be fun. That is impressive alone. <laughs> I mean, Lewis has got a picture that he's done with Superman and Doomsday. It's freaking amazing. Yeah, you guys are both that can just continue to step it up with every picture. It's fun to see. Yeah, thank you. That's kind of it, it is really good fun. Love doing these themes because it sort of gets gets us to get you to use what uh, you get to use. Yeah, to use some figures that we hardly ever feature. Yeah, it was fun to see how you uh, worked Lex in last week. It'll be fun to see how many different variants and versions of <laughs> poor Superman's going to die a lot this weekend. Superman's going to die a few times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is going to die a few deaths, but uh, I've, yeah, I've no doubt he'll strike back with a vengeance. Uh, well, that's going to be fun. And then uh, we don't even really know who our guest is yet. We're playing it by ear, right? No, we've got a, we've got about two or three people that um, that are all kind of queuing up to come on, which is uh, <laughs> so we we've got a few different options, but I'm sure we'll be able to narrow it down. Yes. And if we're going to have all three of them on regardless, so oh, just yeah. a matter of what order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
But we hope you guys uh, enjoyed this episode. Any last words before we go? Any last things you might have remembered? Um, no, th- not too much. I mean, I've, I've been in... The only other thing is, I mentioned it earlier, re-watching all the old Batman movies with um, my dad lately. So we obviously started on Batman 89, then Begins, then Forever, and we've just watched uh, Batman and Robin last night. I mean, it's... That movie... That, that movie is just so bad, but it's just fun to rewatch again. Yeah, it's, that's a rough one. It is a tough one, but the ID begins in uh, 89. Wow, just amazing movies. But uh, yeah, we're going to be watching Batman Begins in the next couple of days, and I cannot wait to see that again, because Batman Begins is just insane. That's perfect timing, too, for getting the figures. Absolutely is, yeah. And it's going to inspire quite a few pictures ready for <laughs> Not this theme, but the next one, which we're really excited about. Is, and you've got you've got the newest Marvel Legend wave coming, right? Oh dear! <laughs> I do actually want that stealth suit Spider-Man. Whenever that comes out, I have no idea when it is, but yeah, I do actually want to get that. It looks cool. Yeah, it's weird. I've seen people starting to get those, but I haven't seen any of those either in stores. So it might be hitting soon. I'm definitely looking forward to our next uh, episode as well, where we be uh, reviewing the Clock King, which is going to be fun. Yes, and we should have some new DC Essentials. Yes, by that time, literally. And the two that we want are the Cyborg, Superman, and the Cheetah, for sure. Yes, definitely going to be uh, picking those two up. Cyborg, Superman looks really cool. Yeah, and if you got a hard-act Batman, you got to have a Cyborg, Superman. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to take a picture of those guys. Some team-ups. A team <laughs> they could team up with Bizarro, Superman. Have their own weird justice league. All right. Well, we hope you guys have enjoyed this fun discussion on articulation, new figure shots, and the review of Fear of Victory. And we hope you guys enjoy the guest. I'm sure we will, even though we have no idea who it is. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we hope you guys, uh, if you guys want, we have voice messages, and we did get one from. Uh, King Amorius, who was Dwayne that we had a fan on before, or <laughs> as we had on before uh, as a guest, and he said that he is a fan of uh, a certain guy, and he sent us a request that maybe we should interview him, and he's definitely going to be one of the guys that we talk to soon. So if you guys have any suggestions, questions, want to tell us that you like the show, or tell us that you want that you hate the show, let us know through voice message on Anchor. You can send that and. If you have a question that we think is cool, we'll probably think all of them are good. And you give us permission, we could put it on the show and you can even hear yourself on the show. So uh, we hope you enjoy it again. And we'll see you on the other side.